Unstoppable Success Radio, Episode 22. Welcome to Unstoppable Success Radio, helping entrepreneurs, CEOs, and business owners around the world skyrocket their sales and multiply their profits. Now, here's your host, Kelly Roach. Rob Diles started in sales at 19, was promoted to run a franchise with the company at 21, and grew it to a multi-million dollar office, broke almost every record for a new office in the company's 60-year history, and since moved on to do consulting for Fortune 500 companies on their workforce, trainings, and how they can improve. He started his second seven-figure business at 23 and third at 25. Rob Dial also runs MWF Motivation Podcast, one of the fastest growing podcasts on iTunes. He hit number one in six categories on new and noteworthy, including self-help and business, and now is focusing on growing the podcast to 1 million downloads in the first year to impact as many people as possible to find out what their purpose is in life and to make their mission to follow their purpose and to live their true potential. Welcome to the show, Rob Dial. Wait, I... I... <laughs> I wish I wish I had that like every time I walked into a room. That was, <laughs> that was perfect. Um, no, I mean, I'm very excited to be here. I really doubt. <laughs> so, Rob, you focus on helping people to find their purpose and live their true potential. Mm-hmm. And what I would love to start off um, our conversation talking a little bit about is what advice do you have for entrepreneurs around this specific area that they should be considering as they build their business? Whew, that's a uh, that's a deep question. That's that's like I, I would say pretty much everyone's main question of their life. It seems like is what's my purpose, and um, it's very hard to figure it out for some people. For me, I just was lucky enough to have a lot of passions and know the two things that I'm most passionate about. Um, the first one is helping as many people as I possibly can through um, all the personal growth and self development that I've done over the past 10 years and trying to teach people some of that. And the second one is music. And so those are my two passions and the two things that I feel are my purpose and to, to use them. But the thing about it is most people, I feel like most people that I come in contact with, they don't know what it is. And it's kind of frustrating. And they, they're like, you know, I, I see that you're passionate about this, you're passionate about this. I'm just really mad because I don't have any passions. I don't have any hobbies. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest thing that I give and the only thing, because I can't tell somebody what their passion is and I can't tell them anything else. The, the main thing that I think is the most important thing for someone in that situation is to get a pen and paper, get a journal and to journal for 15 minutes every single morning before they leave for work while they're drinking their cup of coffee and just write about anything, write about what they're grateful for, write about what they're excited for in their life, write about you know what their, their New Year's resolutions are because that's coming up for us. And so the, just as you start writing through it, I feel like it's uh, – and I, I recommend people don't put it on – you know they don't type it down. They put pen to paper because I always say it feels like magic happens when you put pen to paper. So I would say – if someone's really trying to, to figure out what their passion is and, and what, in all honesty, what they're put on this earth for, 
I would say the only real, real way to do so is to, to get a pen and paper and just start writing for 15 minutes every single morning. That's the easiest thing that I found with the, the people that I coach. Yeah, absolutely. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I think just making sure as you build your business that you do stay true to mm-hmm. your value system, your belief system and, and what gets you up and gets you out of bed in the morning because, you know, the entrepreneurial journey has a lot of ups and downs. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And mm-hmm. so I think remembering those things and keeping them at the core of everything that you do is huge, right? Yeah. And I would say with, with entrepreneurs, it's, you said there's a lot of ups and downs, but I would say for most of us, there's a lot of downs because you can, especially when you're a solopreneur and you go out and you're doing a lot of stuff on your own, there's a lot of downs that come across the table. And sometimes it's easy to, to be kicked in the face and go, man, my friends are making salaries and why don't I just do that? Mm -hmm. It'd be so much easier. Mm -hmm. Um, but the reason why, and the, the people who are the most successful, that I've come in contact with and that I've coached are always the people who they know what they're doing and they know how to do it. Like that's cool. Everybody kind of knows how to do it and, and what, the, what direction they're going in. But the people who really are the most successful are the people who can stick it out and they can stick it out because of the fact that they figured out their why, their reason for, you know, if, if I want to be whatever this position is and I want to do whatever this is, what is my why behind it? Like what is the reason why I'm doing it? And when then you get kicked in the face and you fall down, if you have that why and that why is strong enough, then you're going to be able to get back up a lot easier than the people who haven't found the reason why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. And I, I see the same thing with my clients as well. So that's, you know, that that's great advice right there. I, I genuinely believe that. Um, so, you know, you've, you know, run different types of businesses. Obviously, you're, you're focused on growing your podcast now, which is killing it. Um, tell me a little bit about kind of that progression for you and how you landed on what you're doing right now and you know what what really drives you and motivates you about your focus on the podcast and and how you're impacting people and and kind of what what that looks like for you sure so um, when I was 19 and sa- I started in sales when I was 19 and, and that's from my very first job I was working at PetSmart and I worked at PetSmart for two and a half years and transitioned from PetSmart into going straight into sales and so it was a complete transition for me and, uh, and I started in sales and was a typical 19 year old. I partied all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I partied a lot more than the average 19 year old, to be honest with you. Like I was really into it. Right. And then I saw all of these people. Um, and you, there's, there's a ton of people that are very successful that uh, I sold Cutco and that's what I did. And a lot of people know people who sold Cutco and, um, a lot of people try it and a lot of people fail. And I right. was a person who failed and I failed a lot, but I saw opportunity in it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to stick this out. And so I kept going. I, I failed more than anybody else that I would probably say in the entire company ever has. Uh, but then it started to click and I started to to work on self-development. I had mentors that said, hey, this is the best book for you to read. Hey, this is what I did and started following all of these people. And I was with the company for six years and ended up you know, building a million dollar business with it, uh, running the number one office out of over 700 in the United States. And, you know, in that time, I interviewed over 6,000 people and, you know, had actually trained over 1,500. And, and that was by the time I left, I was 25 years old. Mm-hmm. So I, I basically lived a full life at that point in yeah. time. I felt like uh, yeah. I hit my quarter life crisis. I was working like a hundred hours a week. Mm-hmm. I was like, I got to get out of this. Um, and so I went into a couple other businesses, made a bunch of money, you know, got them up to a, a million, a couple million dollars. And, and the, the thing that I realized is that there wasn't really any satisfaction in it. The money coming in wasn't the satisfaction. What I did like and what I really missed about 
was about, you know, being in Cutco was that I was teaching and helping people grow into better Mm -hmm. people. And so I realized I had all of this, you know, 10 years of, like I said, like knowledge and stuff that I've just learned along the way. And I knew that I was a good teacher of this stuff. And it it was something inside of me was like, I really miss doing this. Right. And, and I see a lot of people I was, the, the, the honest story was I was with my girlfriend at Jason's Deli about a year ago almost now. And, uh, and I was just sick of it. I was looking at people and I was like, I wasn't judging anybody, but I was just like, I was like, Lauren, I feel like people just aren't, they're not just living. They're just kind of getting by. They're not living their lives. They're not passionate. They're not, they're not walking around and they're excited about this. Like, they're just like, it was just like the most, it was the zombie state. It is, it it is the zombie state. I talk to my husband about it all the time. I completely, I can't, I could spend the whole podcast talking to you about it. Yeah. (laughs) It was, that is the best word you could have used. It was like zombies were walking around and I was like, I, I I have to start a podcast. Mm -hmm. Like there was just something I was like, I don't know if, if anybody's going to listen, but if one person listens and I help one person, then that's all that really matters to me. And so I started my podcast and 44 people downloaded it on my first day. And I was so excited for 40, like I was stoked for 44 downloads. And, uh, and we've been out for three months now and we've passed, surpassed 140,000 downloads. And so I get these emails from these people and I'm making zero dollars off this and I'm putting tons of time into it. And so nothing is more satisfying to me right now than to see that I'm impacting people and helping people become better versions of themselves because it makes me feel like I'm actually doing something. So, um, you know, I've got other businesses that I run, but the podcast is just more than anything else. It's just a, a spiritual soul project for me that I just want to go out and help as many people as possible. That is absolutely incredible. I I love that. And I've been blown away. I mean, this this podcast, we've only been up and running since, you know, end of October and we're here, mm-hmm. you know, first week of December. And I have been blown away by people reaching out to me, clients joining my programs, you know, the yeah. emails, everything. And I mean, it's just it's amazing. I feel like you can live out your purpose through mm-hmm. a podcast in a way that you don't get to in the everyday running of your business. Do you you feel that as well? Yeah, I do. And like, I'll tell you a story. I had a a lady email me about two weeks ago now and the email literally made me cry because her email said that it's, I, her, her father committed suicide two years ago and, and I was the only thing that's helped her get through it and overcome it. And so, so that was a huge impact for me. And then the thing that you're talking about, we're helping with, with business as well. One thing that I, that I would say to your listeners, anybody who's like, you know what, I've been thinking about starting a podcast, but, but most people have this, they have the imposter syndrome. What do I have to offer? Mm -hmm. Why would anybody, and I had this, why would anybody want to listen to what I have to say? Like, I'm just, I'm just this guy who reads a lot of books and and like self-help. And I heard something um, the other day and the guy said, you know, if you're doing this, whatever it is, and you're really passionate about it, like for instance, I'm passionate about self-help and maybe I'm like a seven or an eight at self-help. Um, but there's a lot of people that listen that might be like a zero or a one or two, maybe they don't know anything about it. Mm -hmm. So even though I feel like I'm kind of reteaching stuff that I've learned over the past 10 years, there's still people who have never heard it before. So if someone's out there and they're like, I think I might want to start a podcast about, you know, fixing cars or whatever it might be, whatever your passion is, there's people out there that want to hear what you have to say. 
And you can add so much value to people's lives just by sitting in front of a mic for 30 minutes once a week or whatever it is that you might want to do. I I totally agree. And I think the thing for me that I've recognized more than anything is how much people just connect on a human level, Mm -hmm. you know, because sometimes you're asking yourself as you're having the conversation with the guest or, you know, I do a lot of solo episodes. I really enjoy Mm -hmm. teaching. And, you know, you're asking yourself, do people want to hear this message? Do people feel the same way I do? Do people need to hear this? And you're, you're kind of asking yourself that sometimes. And I think that's exactly how it is in your business. Mm -hmm. And, and the answer is yes. Like, yes, they need to hear that. They want to hear that. If you're feeling it and you're feeling compelled to share it, chances are there's someone that day in that moment in time that needs to hear it. So I couldn't agree with you Mm -hmm. more. You know, someone could be at step one in their journey and you're at step five and you could be completely life changing for them. And not only that, but I also think if they heard someone that's at step 25, they may not be able to connect those dots. They may be too Ooh. far apart. I've never even thought of that. That's really good. Right? I like so, that. You just changed my vision even more. Yeah. That's, that's actually awesome. I love that. Yeah. So, you know, no, I, I absolutely love what you, what you said about that, Rob. And you you absolutely are, are changing lives and making such a huge difference. Um, so, you know, obviously, as we go through businesses, we all have big failures. We have huge lessons learned. You know, one of my ro- most recent episodes I just recorded didn't even go live yet. I talk about, you know, one of my huge entrepreneurial fails mm-hmm. and, you know, the, the crime session that followed and the bounce back and what I learned and what I'm doing now. I think it's very important for people that have not built their first seven figure business to hear from people that have um, around not just what they've done well, but what they have struggled and failed with and what the lesson was, because they then can learn from that and not go through as much struggle if they pay attention. Mm -hmm. Can you share some of the big lessons for you on your entrepreneurial journey that you now know, you know, to do things differently or you have now begun? doing Mm -hmm. things differently. Yeah, absolutely. So when I, I'll I'll take you back to the very beginning when I've, when I went from the transition of being a really horrible sales rep to one of the best sales reps in the country. And what happened was, um, I was doing it my way and, and they said, Hey, you could do it this way. This is the way to do it. Um, but I was like, nah, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to do it my way. And for like four or five months, Mm. I had really crappy sales, wasn't making any money. And then I went on what they called a field training. And I watched someone who was one year older than me, do three appointments and it only took a couple hours to do these three appointments and he made over a thousand dollars in those just couple hours and mm-hmm. I had never had anywhere near that amount of money in my bank account let alone see it made in that amount of time and I was like whatever this guy did I'm gonna do exactly what yeah. he did and it made me realize and the the only reason why I feel like I in uh, personally I feel like I could be successful at almost anything that I do is because I don't think I'm the smartest person in the room. I know that I work harder than most people, but what I do know is no matter what I decide to do, um, I find the people who are already successful doing what I want to do, and I become really good friends with them, and I ask them, whatever I can do, what can I do for you? How can I add value to their life? And that's all I try to do is to give, 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 and naturally those people are like, this guy, I like being around him. He really wants to help me out. I want to help him out as well. And I don't do it expecting anything from them, but it just naturally tends to happen. So when I first failed doing it my own way, I realized that I don't ever need to reinvent the wheel at anything. And the way to be successful at something, and even if it's just being an entrepreneur, maybe you have, you know, there's people that are out here listening that are entrepreneurs, but they 
they're in a niche and they don't know anybody else that's in their niche that they can reach out to. You don't have to know someone in your niche. You just have to find someone who might be a successful entrepreneur or a successful business person and go networking with those people and don't try to get anything from them. Try to give as much as you possibly can, uh, connect to those people, build friendships. And from there you can learn. And once you start networking with people, get the right people in, in your, what I like to call your top five, the top five people you hang out with the most. Um, you, it kind of just shortens the learning curve for anything that you do. And most people go out there and they have too much pride to ask for help from other people. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that's where most entrepreneurs are just people in general fail is they're, they're too prideful to ask. Right. Um, and if you find the people that you should hang out with and you find the people who are successful in whatever you want to do and you get them in your network, it shortens your learning curve. And it's very easy to be successful when you hang out with people who are already successful. Plus, if they're more successful than you, it makes you want to work harder to be on their level, which I think is just another thing that that kind of helps with with building a network up of, of people that are successful entrepreneurs. Oh, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think that's perfectly said, you know, so true. And and I'll add one thing to that. And that is that, you know, in, in every industry, in every type of business, there's someone out there who has defined an exact system, a step by step model and a formula that they are now dedicating their life to teaching other people to yeah, help them become successful at it. So I think a combination of those two things, surrounding yourself with the right people, adding value for them, building relationships with them, and then, you know, letting that see where that unfolds, but also knowing that there's documented models, there's a formula to achieve just mm-hmm. about anything. And, you know, if, if you're willing to exactly what you said, Rob, ask for help, you know, be okay being humble, mm-hmm. and, you know, not being prideful that you know everything, but actually opening yourself up and saying, I want to learn from the person who is the absolute best at this, who done what I want yeah. to do, who is where I want to be, you know, that, that's going to cut years off your timeline to success, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I'll give you a perfect example because it happened this weekend. And, uh, and we went in, it was my girlfriend and I, we went into a place to go look for something at the grocery store. And I am a, a like a efficiency person. Like I hate wasting time. I'm, I'm like type A as type A can be. And so I'm, you know, most men, they don't like asking for directions. Don't like, uh-huh. they like to figure it out. I'm not that person. Like anytime we walk into a place, if we're looking for something, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to go directly to the first person that works there because I know that I can cut five to 10 minutes yes. of looking for some product off. Well, imagine that's exactly how business is. If you find that person and ask them questions, they can cut, you know, five, 10 months of, of complete failure off if you do the same thing. So Anytime I walk into a grocery store or anywhere looking for something, I find a person that works there, ask them directly and see if they'll take me there. It's the exact same thing with mentors. Ask them questions, see if they'll take you there as well. Oh, perfect analogy. I have never heard anyone say it that way before, but I'm sitting here cracking up because I do the exact same thing. <laughs> I've never thought of it way that way. <laughs> because I hate wasting time. Um, yeah. But I never heard anyone like compare that to your business, but it's absolutely true. Like you can wander around the grocery store for 15 minutes trying to figure out where it is, looking mm-hmm. up and down the shelves, walking around in circles, or you can just go ask someone. They're like, hey, aisle eight, halfway down, third shelf yeah. up, right next to the blah, blah, blah. And you're like, oh, okay, boom. You yeah. know? Yeah. Perfect. It's, it's the exact same thing for business. Absolutely. I love it. So what would you say, you know, give, give your, in your experience, what you feel the top three keys to building, you know, a successful business are, what, what are those things that you live by? You wake up every single day and you're like, these are absolute musts on my plan every single day. 
Um, the first thing that I think is the most important is to give as much as possible. Um, I've, I'm very much, I have not always been this way of, of living in an, in abundance, um, and, and trying to think of abundance versus, you know, just being scarce and that most of my life was living skip, like thinking of mm-hmm. scarcity. I don't have enough mm-hmm. money, all yeah. of these things. And so when people say, oh, I'm an entrepreneur, I don't have money. What am I going to give? Like what I mean is, is this, um, give as much value as you can to anybody that's around you. So yes. if you're, if you're like, whatever it is in your community, give as much as you possibly can, because Number one, when you give, there's the law of reciprocity means that people want to give back to you when you give. It's just, it's just natural. So the first thing that I always recommend people do is to, is to give, try to get on your community, do all of those things. The second thing, and I think that one of the things that's really, really missed out upon from a lot of people is to really, whatever it is, um, try to work in your customer's best interest. Mm-hmm. And most people, this is what happens. And I've, I've been a, I've been an unsuccessful sales rep and I've been a successful sales rep. I was an unsuccessful sales rep when I didn't listen to exactly my customer's needs and go out and try to give them exactly what they want. Um, why well, was, I didn't do that. I was like, okay, this is the way I can get the highest commission. Yes. So I'm going to yes. try to sell yep. this to them. Exactly. And mm-hmm. sometimes I sold it to them. And then sometimes that product got returned because after I left, they were exactly. like, I don't want that. So, yeah. so what I would say is, is figure out exactly what your customer wants and try to give them exactly that. And the reason why is because if you do that, they will come back to you and they will buy from you again. So the, the second thing is to act perfectly with what your customer wants, whatever they want, make sure that you give it with them and, and give it exactly what they want. Give that to them. The third thing, and this is, this is what I was taught when I first started in sales as well is my absolute mission before I do any of that, before I try to sell a customer, anything like that, is to make a friend before I make a sale. Mm-hmm. And it sounds corny where it's like, oh, make a friend before you make a sale. But but I really, if you notice, actually, now I'm thinking about it, all three of those things are really just trying to give and to try to do what's best. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I try to make a friend with somebody, number one, my sales are going to be higher because they're going to keep coming back to me. They're going to keep coming back to me. And if I make a friend with them, they're going to trust me. And, and then when I say, hey, this is what I think that you should buy. If you want something else, y- you can go for it. But this is what I think that you're going to buy. Well, the reason why most people buy something is because their friend told them that they should go buy it or they heard that it was good. So if you come out and try to be their friend just in a genuine aspect, whenever your customer, if you have a, you know, a shop or whatever it is, whenever they come in, if you try to say, how can I help this person as much as possible and try to make a friend out of this? and they view you as that type of person, they're not going to view you as a salesperson. They're going to view you as someone, hey, this person has my best interest in mind. Okay, I should probably listen to them. And nine out of 10 times, they're going to buy whatever you recommend because they believe, and you should believe that that is the product that they should get. That is beautiful. I I don't even want to touch what you just said because I think it was so, so well said and, and contained so perfectly. And, and I, 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 wholeheartedly endorse all of that. So thank you. Um, So, you know, one of the reasons that I was so excited to have you on the show, Rob, is that on almost every podcast and almost every coaching conversation that I do, and, and one of the first things that I always focus on with people is, you know, Everyone, I'm a business growth strategist. You, you help corporations as well. You know, they, they want the strategy. They want the how to. They want the tactics. They want the, the complex strategies and, and all of that. And, and what I always explain to people is that it's mindset before mechanics. 
So I can give you the action plan. I can give you the step-by-step. I can tell you the strategy to do. But if your mindset isn't right and you don't have your head and your heart in the right place, Mm -hmm. it really doesn't matter what the strategy is. It doesn't matter what the plan that we come up with is. And it's getting your confidence and your mindset, your heart, like I said, everything in alignment. And obviously with with the work that you're doing, you know, you're you're hugely focused in this area as well. Um, what, What comments do you have to add? to that or, or what is your personal philosophy around that? Um, mindset is, is my favorite thing. So when I went to school, I was originally going to go to school to be a psychologist. And then I realized that <laughs> I realized that I could do all of the same psychology stuff in sales and make a lot more money. Yeah. And, yep. and so yep. what I decided to do was drop out of school and just, you know, do my own thing. So, um, I love mindset, but, um, I would say, this is what I would say more than anything else is, is the difference between what somebody happen what happens in their mind. So let me put it this way. Um, whenever I talk to somebody, I notice that, that someone's interior world always is going to be, you know, whatever they create in the exterior world. So mm-hmm. for instance, if, if I have a, people always see me and they're like, you're so positive, like it pisses me off. And I'm like, well, I'm just positive because I don't let negativity in like that. Yeah. I have no reason to do right. so. So the analogy that I always give, there was a book that was recommended to me when I was like 19 years old and it was called As a Man Thinketh. And it basically talks about, I I would recommend it to everybody. It's like 68 pages or something. It's super short, but it's one of the very first self-help books. And what he talks about is how your mind is like a garden. And the, the analogy is this, your mind is a garden and you are the gardener and you're the only person that has access to just that garden, right? So if, if I'm a gardener and let's say I want to make a strawberry farm and I just take these, these strawberries and I plant them in and I take care of them and I water them and I sing to them and I nurture them and I do everything that I put every ounce of energy into making sure that this is the most beautiful strawberry farm, then that will be the most beautiful strawberry farm that I can come up with. Now, if I don't take care of it and I let weeds come in and all of these things, then it's going to start to be gross. It's going to have a whole bunch of stuff that's going to come out of it. The strawberries are not going to be what I thought they were going to be. They might not be healthy. There might be bugs that are inside of it. Um, that's the example of your mind. And I think of it this way. If, if I were a strawberry farmer, it would be impossible for me to take tomato seeds and put tomato seeds in the ground and expect for strawberries to come out of it. It's never going to happen. So if you think of it this way, let's say that if your mind is like this garden uh, and you were to plant only positive thoughts in your mind, then the only thing that can happen, the only outcome that can come into your mind and the rest of your world is just positive things. Now, if I were to plant negative thoughts and negative thoughts and I talk to myself, I talk down to myself, I'm like, Rob, you're so stupid. Why did you mess up? Why did you do that? I used to talk to myself that way. And, and I always heard that you should, I heard this about six months ago, that you should only talk to yourself the way you would talk to someone that you really, really love and care about. And most people don't think about it that way. They think about, oh, I'm so stupid, man. How did I make the mistake? That was so stupid of me. And they talk to themselves like that. And they plant all of these negative, negative things into their head. And the problem with that is when you plant negative things in your head, you can't expect to have a positive life. You can't expect to have a positive garden. Just like if you plant tomato seeds, you can't expect strawberries to grow. So what I always tell people is to, no matter what happens, you cannot, you can 99% of the time, you can't control the very first thought that comes into your head, that weed, but you can always control the second thing that comes into your head. And that's pulling that weed out and planting it with something that's positive. 
Yeah, no, I I couldn't agree more. And I'll, I'll kind of add to that. And, you know, I think one of the things that people struggle with a lot is they say, you know, I don't put, you know, negative things in my life. I'm surrounded by this person. I'm in this environment. Right. This is what's on the news. This is what's on the radio. Here's what I see happening around me. And I, I don't want to be negative. I don't want to mm-hmm. feel negative. I don't want to think negative. But the truth is, is, you know, personal development, you know, toughening your mental, you know, strength, growing your mindset, improving, you know, your ability to, you know, handle the things that are coming at you. A lot of it comes down to being intentional and being intentional in that every single day you begin your day with putting positive things in your mind and in your body Mm -hmm. and in your thought process. Mm -hmm. If you rely on nature, um, chances are there are going to be negative things that come across your path. And even if you're very intentional about putting positive things in your path, there will still be negative circumstances that arise. But it's like you said, you know, maybe you can't control the first one, but you certainly can control the second. Right. Mm -hmm. So you can control your response to it. And I think that's the thing we all have to remember. And that personal development is not something that you can do and expect permanent results from. It's a daily practice. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where a lot of people miss the mark is that it is a daily practice. It's it's like a a lifestyle. It is a a commitment to yourself and to the people that you interact with and and those that you impact both personally and professionally in your everyday life. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I've been, I've been on this journey for 10 years now and, um, and I still have to work at it all the time. And, uh, and I heard, you know, I had this podcast this morning I was listening to, and they said that, that people who are, I I have a problem sometimes, like I'm very calm, but sometimes the only thing that will set me off is, is when someone like cuts me off in a car and, Mm -hmm. and I have like this, this mini road rage that happens for 10 (laughs) seconds in my head. Right. And they said, they said the people who are the alpha males and the alpha females, the people that have the most control over their mind, uh, they, they don't react to those types of things. Nobody reacts to anything because what happens is, you know, say for instance, you pull off the side of the road and this road rage fight happens. Well, you're the one that got out of the car. They might be the one right. who cut you off, right. but you right. got out of the car. You made the decision to get out of the car. Yes. So most people don't realize that they're, that they're indecision sometimes of not making a choice to, work on their brain or work on their, their life or work on around them is actually a decision. It is a decision. And most people don't think that way. Yes. No, I I think that is such an important point. I I hope people will actually stop and just rewind what you just said. (laughs) It's so true. Your indecision is a decision. Right. It, it absolutely is. And, and I love that analogy just that you just gave because I see that a lot. And I see that a lot in people that really struggle to create the positive changes that they want to see in their life. Mm-hmm. And it's because they're sitting in neutral. Yeah, They're not had, proactive about it. Yeah. The first thing that happened to me, the, the way that really woke me up was, was my mentor when I was 19 years old. Um, he was like, listen, I'm, I'm really disappointed. I was, I I paid $500 a month for this mentor when I was 19. And that's like a lot of money to a Mm -hmm, 19 year old. mm -hmm. And he's like, listen, I'm really disappointed in the way you've been. And he was trying to change my mindset. He's like, you need to treat your life like you are the CEO of your life. If something goes wrong in a company, it is the CEO's fault. Cause I was giving all of these excuses. I'm late to this call because this, because of this, because of this. And he said, if you're late to the call, it's no outside circumstances. It is your fault. If you don't make the sales or make the calls you said you're going to, it is your fault. Treat your life like you're the CEO of your life and you will be much more successful in everything that you do. I love that. 
Beautiful. So, Rob, you have been an incredible guest today. I thank you very, very much for all of your generosity and everything that you shared. Do you have any final note that you want to share with our guests before we wrap things up here? Um, no, this is great. I love having conversations like this. I love being on other people's podcasts just because especially like this time of day where it's almost seven o'clock because I was starting to get tired and I was like, okay, we're going to go into the podcast. Now I'm like fired up. Like I want to go work right now. So I'm excited that I was on this podcast. So I, I appreciate it. But if anybody wants to get a hold of me, if you want to listen to my podcast as well, um, it's MWF motivation. Uh, there's no spaces in it. And if, you know, if you have any questions for me on anything, anybody, can, I always like to leave my email open if people want to say, Hey, listen, I was struggling with this. And is there any way that you could help? It's just Rob at MWF That's so awesome. And you answered my next question. So they know how to reach you now. That is amazing. Um, Rob, thank you so much for everything today. And I want to thank everyone so much for being with us for this episode of Unstoppable Success Radio. And I would be so grateful if you share this podcast with someone that you feel could benefit from the powerful content that we share. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you're looking for ways to accelerate growth in your business, systems and automation are key. So if you want to learn my top five ways that I automate growth in my business to turbocharge profit in yours, text the word automate report. That's one word automate report to four four two 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 or visit automation-secrets.com and grab your copy today. Thanks so much, everyone, for being with us. And until next time, dream big, take action and don't stop until you make it happen. Thank you for joining this episode of Unstoppable Success Radio. To get exclusive access to Kelly's free video and audio trainings to explode your business growth, simply visit kellyroachcoaching.com and join her email community for resources she only shares there. If you love today's episode of Unstoppable Success Radio, pass it along to a friend, colleague, or client that may benefit from the content. Until next time, dream big, take action, and don't stop until you make it happen. 